guys today, some of the guys the that like boys. to knock the quarterbacks down. Miles Murphy, Clemson edge rusher with us. Now, Miles, good morning. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. What yeah. time did the morning start for you? When was the alarm? Alarm's always at 6.30. We have a breakfast starts from, goes from 6 to 8, but, you know, first first thing we got to do is always at 8. So we took off at 7.45, so I wake up at 6.30. Uh, I wake I wake up a little bit slower, so I gotta you know wake up, look at the phone a little bit. Oh, then, okay. You know, ease into the day. How many alarms you got to set? How many? How three. many? Three. Yeah. Yeah. Three. Oh, you're a time. three alarm guy. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> all right. The breakfast. I mean, you, you do sure. that on a day like this. Yeah. Oh yeah. Breakfast for sure. But give us an idea. Give us an idea of the spread for you. It's about to say right now. It's not. It's not a big spread. Mainly uh, about to say half the plate is eggs. Honestly. Probably three three uh, turkey sausage patties. That's really about it. Oh, then some potatoes, and I call it a day right there. That's it. All right. Uh, yeah, it's it's hard to have a huge appetite. All right. So the first thing that I'm like amazed by mm-hmm. is where you went to high school. Yeah. I didn't really realize your high school. Mar- uh, what is it? Hillgrove High School in yes, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Bradley Chubb, Kenyon Drake, Evan Ingram. Yeah. I mean, wow. What the hell you guys got in the water down there? Yeah, we we we, we produce athletes. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, you oh, got yeah. a chance to like meet them or be around them. You ever see them back at the high school? I mean, those are oh, some sure. big time players. But so I work well, work out with Evan Ingram uh, during the off season. We have a spot that we work out at. And okay. Then, uh, Bradley Chubb, he came down to well, worked out in uh, Exos in Phoenix. Gotcha. So he came to the Super Bowl, and I was like, I was with him for a little bit. Wow. And you know, just being being with them too, honestly, give give me that NFL knowledge, that NFL transition knowledge, what to. What to do, what not to do, where to be at, you know. Yeah. I was listening to them. It's been a big help. Yeah, that's What's cool. the best advice they've given you? Really find that routine as fast as I can, honestly, and stick to it. Stay disciplined to that. Yeah. Um, all right. So, you know, college, Clemson, kick some butt there. You were around some, like, big-time DNs. What about, like, or defensive players in general, guys that are in the league now? Do you lean on them for advice here, too? Like the, the Dexter, sexy yeah. Dexy up in New York and <laughs> – you know, Colin Farrell and a bunch of other guys you got in the league. I mean, how much have you talked to them to get advice? Uh, I'm about to say uh, a good bit, honestly. I'm about to say I play play the game with uh, Dex a lot. He's on the game a lot, so I've you know, I've been talking to him a little bit. Christian, uh, get on the phone with him uh, a while ago just to get get a few nuggets from him, honestly, because yeah. I like I like to get information from people who have done it, right? Because you know, Christian Wilkins. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have left his name out. I'm yeah, about to say, but, yeah, yeah, what what better teacher than experience? So. I like to get that information from them, and then uh, I'm gonna reach out to Cleveland, Cleveland Farrell very soon. Uh, AB Austin Bryant, yeah, been talking with him. So really, is getting that knowledge from all four of them, right? All four of them, and then of course the guys from my high school just been a big help. Yeah, in my opinion. How hard is it for the big guys in full pads and cleats to run down that hill into the stadium? At <laughs> <laughs> you really, you really got to focus on your footsteps because I bet a lot of people don't re- a lot of people don't see it, but there's like a lip. That you really got to, you really got to avoid because you don't want to, you know, hyperextend your knee or you know, twist an ankle. So you really want to jump out over that lip, and then you then you don't want to fall. If you fall, you're going to be on camera because oh, we got cameras are. everywhere. Now, right. are you front of pack or back of the pack when you would do it? Because if you're the front of the pack and you fall, then you got a whole people got a whole people behind you fall. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the front half. Uh, I like to, I want to you know get down the hill and get out of the way as fast as I can so <laughs> people don't run over me, but. I try my best to watch my footsteps and, you know, stay stay up, honestly, and get out of there. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'd be nervous as hell of that. You're right. You don't <laughs> want to become a meme. You'll become a meme and not every highlight right. show there is. Right. All right, so you yourself, I mean, you're in the process here of now, you know, everybody telling you how great you are or they're picking you apart, right? Mm-hmm. So 
to me, I would just love to know from your assessment, because I haven't got the chance to study you yet, like, best thing you feel like you do on the field, and what's the thing you think, okay, i got to work on this here if I want to, you know, make my name in the NFL? Best thing that I do on the field that separates me from a lot of other D-linemen pass rushes is sure. uh, versatility. Uh, of course, you know, I've got this power aspect, being just a big guy, 6'5", 275, just a big power guy. Yeah. And then adding in that speed and quickness off the ball to be able to go around you right. any way possible. And then being able to play from the three, three tech all the way out to a stand-up nine. Yeah. I have film of doing everything and dominating at every position. Yeah. So that's what really sets me apart. And probably the biggest thing I need to get better at just, you know, staying consistent and committing to a committing to a, a certain pass rush in certain in certain moments when it's a third and long, just, you know, committing to a pass Having rush. Having a plan a little bit? Yeah, be, being more sure about a pass rush plan gotcha. in some situations. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Who's the quarterback you can't wait to uh, delicately place onto the ground so you don't get flagged? Oh, man. I mean, I'm about to say, I think it's every pass rush's dream to sack Tom Brady, but, you know, he just retired. He's so. gone. Uh, as far I'm about as we to say, know he is. I got, well, uh, yeah, I'm about to say, as far as we know, but, you know, I got to pick a new favorite. Uh, Honestly, Josh, I've, I've, I've heard Josh Allen is pretty hard to take down. Yeah. Big guy, very oh, yeah, agile guy. Big. So, yeah. If I, say, if, I, if, I, if I take him down, it's going to be a big Don't you want to get Trevor? Don't you want, Trevor? Don't you want to hit your old Clemson guy? I, oh, damn. I'd like to, <laughs> I've like. i never got to hit you in practice or anything. That's, I couldn't even touch him. Yeah, I got, no, he's the golden him. child. <laughs> I actually didn't even touch him one practice. I got close to touching him, and I got yelled at. So, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I know it. how that is. You, you, you should have gotten him while you could. Now he's got that giant neck. He's got that Takeo Spikes <laughs> neck. I wouldn't try to tackle him no, now. No, oh, no. Yeah, seriously, he, he's a big dude, too. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, I'm always, you know, I, we ask everybody this question. Best player you saw in college? Who was the one guy through your years where you just went, I don't want your teammate. I know you got a lot of teammates that are mm -hmm. awesome. But a guy out there, you were just like, wow, he was awesome. Or I didn't think he was that good. Anybody pop in your mind there? Uh, I honestly have to say uh, Sean Tucker, the running back for Syracuse. Wow. Really surprised me. Uh, I think it was my sophomore year. Sophomore year when we played him, had he had a really good game. Right. Had a great – it was one play, uh, went, went opposite of me, had a – extremely big burst uh, i did not know he was that fast until, right i didn't know until after the game he was a like a premier track runner yeah yeah and i was right. like okay it shows yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, give me an offensive lineman you used to battle with you'd kind of look forward to it write his name on the wall you know visualize going against him who was that guy oh man probably uh i, I had a terrible game against him against uh well my my sophomore year against syracuse matthew bergeron so that that was a that was a game uh, when uh, we played against them my junior year, last year. That was a game that I was really like a little more dialed in on. You had a chip uh, on your shoulder because you're a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. It, I didn't perform to my standards, so I, I really wanted to you know perform that game. So, right. Yeah. All right. So you're working out here in the next few days. Yes, sir. You're doing everything. Yes, sir. All right. I mean, we got any expectations? Numbers we're talking about here. Oh, well, I'll say bench press, consistently been doing 28. All right. Uh, 40. 40, really trying to get it, you know, anything under a 4.6. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's the goal right there. So. So, you, but you, so you put on some times where you run 4 or 5 in your training process. I know it's always harder out here. Listen, I've been in the situation. I get that. But you're, so you're right in that range there. Low 4.6, yeah. high 4.5. Oh, yeah. You're hoping you're having your best day. 6.5, 275, oh, yeah. moving that fast. I, I, get out of the way. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it really is. Oh, you play any other sports in high school? I did. I played football. Well, I'm football. 
Yeah, we know you played football. Yeah, yeah. We played, uh, got that. Baseball and, baseball and basketball. Baseball. baseball. Baseball was my strong suit. Wow. Yeah. What position? You don't hear that a lot. Yeah. A, a pitcher, first baseman, and outfield. Damn. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a pitcher, first baseman, too. I like it. Oh, yeah. You're not a lefty, are you? I was at 14, 15. I was the big 6'4 lefty on the mound, throwing about 89, 90 miles an hour. Damn. Wow. I said, wasn't wasn't the most accurate, but right. I, I could put it in the strike zone. Okay. All right. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I would not expect you to say that right there. <laughs> What was your favorite team growing up? Full, oh, well, grew up a Falcons fan. My parents have been season ticket holders for them since 2000, something like that. So, yeah, I've, I've been going to Falcons games pretty much my whole, my, my whole life up until you know, summer year of high school. You, dedication because it's been rough. Like, yeah. <laughs> Although, yeah. you know, they, they've even now we had Terry Fontenot, the GM, on your, hey, hang yesterday. In there. They, they, they still – are a pain in the butt that you know you think they're going to be bad but they still have you know decent teams and it feels like they're on yeah. on the brink of you know getting something going oh for sure maybe yeah. they had miles murphy so that would be there your you, you would love that would be ideal i mean if they draft i know you'd like to play for anybody but that that uh, would be like the dream come i wouldn't mind it yeah i, I hear you you're all. okay to say that that's all right uh, you're not offending anybody there <laughs> you're all right um uh you know like in this process here i you bonded with anybody? I know you got your other Clemson buddy here with you on the D line, but any of these other DNs or anybody that you've gone like, damn, this guy's cool. I'm, I'm, we're gonna be friends for a while. Oh yeah, I'm about to say, uh, well yeah, of course I've hung out, hung out a lot with uh, KJ, uh, Brian, and Trin. Trin's my roommate here, so yeah, hanging out with them a lot. But uh, Nolan, I've known Nolan. Well, we're from both from Georgia, so I've known him ever since high school. And then uh, really Zach Harrison, he's kind of like been in our group also, uh, a guy. Zach Harrison's from where? Uh, um, Ohio State. He's Ohio State kid. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. I'm still getting. We're in the we're just getting in draft mode here, yeah. so I'm like at the early stages here. So oh, excuse yeah. me there. No, but uh, I'm about to say I've heard his name. Heard his name a lot. So right. I've seen seen some of his film, but I've never met him. Don't know him as a person until probably like yesterday when I yeah. first met him. And you know, very very cool people, honestly. Yeah, hit cool it dude. off. Oh yeah. Yeah, cool. I, you always make a friend at the combine. I did too. That's where this is where uh, like Carson Palmer and I actually kind of bonded together, and you know we kind of been friends ever since so I, I get that what tape from your time at Clemson would you want would you want uh, people to look at to see the best of what Miles Murphy does that's like what what game yeah, yeah what game what probably this past season against Florida State or or NC State you can pitch, pick one. one one yeah. of the states okay yeah. <laughs> I like it all right, oh, yeah. buddy. Well, hey, we wish you all the best. We appreciate some of your time. You got a big day. got a big week. We wish you all the best with your workouts and everything after that. Miles Murphy, Clemson edge rusher. Can't wait to see you in the NFL, pal. Thanks again. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Here we are at Scouting Combine, continuing to talk to the guys who will be chasing around the NFL's quarterback sooner rather than later. Clemson defensive lineman Brian Brzee joins us now brian how are you good good thank you for having me no problem man glad to have you here um number one recruit coming out of high school huh yep you know, I, I was as well no, you did go. you know that i did not see oh, no. we got all about me. it's all about <laughs> me i was the number one well, recruit i wasn't really gonna go there but i know he was and, and <laughs> what uh, you know did you I'm have just giving a hard time yeah <laughs> you're a jerk what uh did uh did you ever feel pressure from that like when you committed to clemson and got there like you had to live up to some certain standard yeah, uh, I mean, no, no. For me, um, you know, once I got to Clemson, it was it was just about getting on the field and, and getting to work. It was never, you know, anything like, you know, because I am uh, a number one recruit or right. whatever it was that that I had to do anything special. Yeah. So, uh, what's your experience been like 
so far here in Indy? Yeah, it's been a, it's been. I mean, this is obviously like a dream of mine to be here. Um, it's been it's been a little hectic, but uh, you know, it's just it's an honor to be here. So, give me something that's happened that you didn't expect. A, <laughs> a very very long day in the hospital. I didn't I didn't uh, think that no, comes right? with, the, uh, the, with the combine, but yeah, you know, just uh, yeah that and. Um, you know, some, sometimes some some stuff can be a little crazy, but but it's been it's been good. Now is it is oh, it bad. sit around and wait? Is that what that's, it was? That's a lot of sit around and wait. Yeah, yeah. So what do you do when you're sitting around and waiting? Look at your phone, Netflix, whatever you can. Just try to pass time. <laughs> it, it, it's ridiculous. You're nap. a little bit like, wait, don't I have like I'm, I got some important things to do here? Why am I like it's four hours I've been here now, right? Uh, it, it is weird. Uh, you get drug tested yet? Have they done uh, that we have to you? Not yet. Not yet. Not. So it's coming to a morning soon to you. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're a big. F- okay. <laughs> oh God. When did you? When did you? When did you become this? Like, when did you know? Okay, I'm gonna be like a huge guy and hit this growth spurt or whatever. Uh, I mean, I've always been big since my freshman year. I was probably like six four, two twenty, and then okay. when I left high school, I was six five, two ninety. So. Wow, you were that big leaving. Okay. All right, what are mom and dad? They both big too? Yeah, my dad's about 6'3". He played college football. My mom's like 5'10". She played okay. college basketball. Right, so, all right. You know. So, yeah, you got some good bloodlines there. Yeah. We were talking to one of your teammates earlier about the challenges of being a big guy and running down the hill at Clemson <laughs> and not falling. Yeah. <laughs> it's. I mean, you don't, like, it's carpet. So you're in cleats and you're on carpet. It's oh. like you're scared that you're going to slide and the hill's like, very very steep so there's a lip too or yeah, something that you're supposed to jump off of but it was more of just a gallop and 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 uh, a very slow kind of yeah trot down the hill it was not some people jump and and sell, it's crazy yeah it wasn't me it wasn't what what me. what brought you you know ultimately I, I clemson's amazing yeah i know you probably had to pick wherever you wanted to go what did it come who did it come down to and what ultimately got you to, to clemson yeah um so yeah i was down uh between clemson and georgia were my last two schools right um you know when when you know Clemson had just had Christian and Dexter and Cleveland and Austin Bryant and all those guys leave and and you know I saw what they had and what they were building at Clemson and and uh, you know meeting with all the coaches it's just thought, I thought it's uh, where I would grow the most as a player and as a man and, and be challenged um, and and yeah so that's what it came down to yeah. for me who, who gave you the biggest challenge during your college career who's the guy that you had the hardest time dealing with uh, that I've played against yeah um, or in practice. Yeah. Uh, I want both. We want both, okay? okay? We want both. Practice, I would say, uh, I mean, not an O-lineman, but Trevor Lawrence in practice was, yeah. was tough to tough yeah. to play against. Right. Uh, he's, uh, yeah, it's like he had eyes in the back of his head. So yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Was, uh, he was tough. Um, a whole unit, I would say, my freshman year playing against Notre Dame's O-line that they had. Uh, yeah, they had a, a really good Some O-line. Dudes there, yeah. Definitely, yeah, worked very well together. Um picked up a lot of games that we would throw at them so yeah right what what um what's the thing in your game where you're like okay uh, college uh, i'm the man but what do i gotta what do you gotta get better at you know at least in your evaluation before you get into the nfl yeah you know i think there's some some technical stuff that you know i can always improve on hand placement uh footwork you know staying low just things that that you always can improve on that that i've been working on this offseason and will continue to work on anybody you lean on from you know, old Clemson players, sexy Dexy, Christian Wilkins. <laughs> anybody you talk to, do they help you out with hand placement, things like that? Yeah, uh, you know, they're not they're not back super often, but Coach Easton, uh, who we had this past year, as as you know, played in the NFL, coached in the NFL, uh, came to Clemson. So, you know, he's 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 just super knowledgeable and uh, definitely helped out a lot this year. Right. Which NFL team did you root for growing up? I was split. Um, never, never really 
a diehard fan uh, of any team, but I would go to uh, to Washington and Washington and Baltimore games. They were both like 45 minutes away, so uh, kind of split time there. You you got a guy that's you know NFL that you've always looked up to as far as defense alignment, where you've been like, man, that's who I want to model my game after. Yeah, I, I mean, I loved watching uh, JJ Watt growing up, yeah. Brian Kerrigan. Yeah. Um, I love watching now Chris Jones. Um, I mean, there was a bunch, DeMarcus Ware, Dwight Farini, all these guys um, that I really, really enjoyed enjoyed watching growing up. Yeah. Who's the quarterback you can't wait to sack? Whoever I play that week. You know, I thought you were going to get bonus points if you said Trevor. Because now you got a chance to get back <laughs> at him. You know what? Next time, you practice. Asked, next time I get asked, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> what, you know, a lot of the times we, we sit up here, we ask about Nick Saban. We talk to Bama players, right? And and sometimes, like, Dabo Sweeney, I feel like, doesn't get maybe the credit he deserves for how amazing, one of the greatest college coaches in history. Yeah. What, like, in your assessment, you know, what, what makes him so good? And give us, like, maybe if you can, a good Dabo Sweeney story for us. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just, I mean, a great leader. Um, a great leader to everybody, the, the coaches on the staff, the players, everybody from top to bottom. He's a, Is he great energy every day? Every like, day he comes with the same energy. Right. Um, um, he's always, you know, super positive uh, with everybody, but is not scared to, to chew somebody out when he has to. Right. It's like a good good balance from him, like, you know, you, you respect him completely, but he's also a personable kind of kind of guy. Approach him a little, right? Yeah, absolutely. He so, cussed. Does he cuss at all? Four-letter words? Very, very, very rarely. And I was if he does, say, it's I in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah <laughs> okay. he, uh, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, no. yeah, you go. What, you got a good story with Dabo, where he, you know, maybe cussed you out, or even a funny story, <laughs> anything like that? I, I mean, I would say this season something that you would not expect from uh, from Coach Sweeney. We're play- I forget what game it was. Um, it was a home game, though, and, and, you know, all week he's talking about, you know, it's going to be a dog fight. Right. Like, you know, it's going to be one of those games. Um, and he comes in, so we'll have, like, a pregame uh, a meeting Friday before we leave for the hotel, and he comes in with a pair of all-black Air Forces on, Air Force Ones in there with a baseball bat on his shoulder to the meeting. Man. Yeah, so That's that cool. was something something that uh, – what, what was he trying to he's say He's coming there? in to, uh, to you know, like, dance Rob the bank in. or no, what? just, you know, that it was going to be, you know, a dog fight. Right. You know, he, ready he, for uh, a fight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, ready for a brawl. Yep. Yep, yep. Ah, that's cool. When teams look at your game film, what's the one game that you would want them to focus on that best shows who you are? This year? Um, I would say I would say the UNC game this year uh, against uh, in the ACC championship game. What yeah. about it? What'd you do in that game? I think I just really affected the game. Uh, disrupt the quarterback a lot. Uh, had him had him out of the pocket. F up the play. That's his stat. Yeah. They came yeah. up with it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm like, no joke. Because yeah. you guys get screwed over too much where you affect plays or ruin the play, but you didn't get the tackle or sack, yeah. and then nobody knows you did a great job. But you created so much chaos that right. somebody else was able to make an easy play. Right, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, same thing, same kind of thing, you know. Didn't have a huge stat line that game, but, you know, I think I, I was really able to affect the game. Yeah, disruption. That, that's the key right there. All right, so your big F for you. What do we, like, what do, what, like, what's the normal day of diet or food for, for somebody like you right now? I know not right here at the Combine, but when we're at home, we're comfortable, we're working out, whatever. Yeah, Let a, me lot, hear it. a lot of food. Um, my parents are happy I'm out of the house. No more grocery bills. <laughs> um, I bet. Yeah. Um, I, there's not like it's not like I'm counting my calories. No, that I kind didn't of think stuff. you were. Yeah, You're just... a very like put together 305. Yeah. Are you 305? Yeah. Is that 300? 305. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, and just like. Whatever, whatever's even, on the menu that you day. don't care. <laughs> yeah. So you're not looking like I'm, I'm only going to eat protein in the morning. Like you, you'll do I, it after all. workout. I'll try to go get some like 
chicken and white rice and veggies. But no, yeah, I'm not. I'm not super picky about okay. any of that kind of What's stuff. What's your favorite dessert? Ice cream. Love ice cream. <laughs> yeah. yeah, love ice cream. Yeah. No. Nope. All right. No. Nope. Who who in the NFL that you've been compared to makes the most sense? Um. I don't really know who I've really been compared to, to be honest with you. Um, I, you know, I think anybody who's a who's a, a big, bigger, you know, athletic kind of D tackle, um, uh, like I said, like a Chris Jones maybe, or like a JJ Watt, a bigger guy who's explosive, uses their hands well, uh, is able to to get to the quarterback, um, and is stout on the uh, uh, on the, uh, the run. On the run. Game. Yeah. yeah, three tech. We're talking like yeah. you think mostly, yeah, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, you think you have versatility to do like. Go yeah. outside, bump yeah. outside a little. Yeah, I mean, I played this season all the way from a zero to a five. Yeah. End of the season, I was more out in, in the at the end, um, but it was just a game plan kind of thing. But yeah, feel yeah. comfortable everywhere. Cool. All right, Brian. Hopefully, this was more fun than sitting around in the hallway at a hospital waiting to, <laughs> to move on with your day. There yeah. he is, Brian Brzee yep. from Clemson. Yep. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Good I appreciate good it. Luck, yes, right. sir. Thank, Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Appreciate it. All right, we are here still at the Scouting Combine talking to the pass rushers and defensive linemen. Army edge rusher Andre Carter II joining us now. Welcome to the program. Great to see you, pal. Thank you for having me. How did you end up at West Point? Yeah, you had an interesting story. Explain it to, to all of us out here. Um, well, I wasn't heavily recruited out of high school, um, but, you know, West Point is such a great opportunity that I really saw the value in the education and the opportunity to serve and then also play Division One football and um, those two things mixed together is really what led me to going there. What what is uh, like? Why not recruited? Were you a late grower, a late bloomer that way? Um, a late bloomer. I played tight end and receiver in right. high school, um, and so it wasn't until I got to prep school that I switched to outside linebacker and yeah. played that as well. Um, so just a combination of those two, I think, sure. maybe led to it. What, what made that switch? What, what, what happened? Where, where the tight end and receiver say, see you later, I got a better position to play? Uh, well, when I got to prep school in Connecticut, we, um, we didn't have a lot of people on the team, so they kind of just threw me out there. I played both. Um, and then going to Army, we don't really throw the ball, so I was like, I'm not really worried about playing tight end. <laughs> yeah, that's system. right. I don't want to block people all yes. day. So it made the transition a little easier. Yeah. At what point did you go from guy who was lightly recruited to guy who's landing on the radar screen of NFL players or teams? When did you when did you know, you know what this may be my future profession? Um, I would say after my junior year, um, we had a good season of the team. Also had a good individual season, and a lot of people started like agents calling and stuff like that. So um, after that year, I kind of got the idea that you know I had a shot to um, hopefully get drafted somewhere. It, like. I, like, I'm not going to lie. When I first heard your name and the whole draft process and they went, yeah, Andre Carter, he's a guy from Army. I was like, what? Army? Army's got a pass rusher? I was shocked. Like, and no disrespect to Army. I know you guys have a great program and all that, but it's just not a position you hear of uh, all the time coming out of Army. Are you aware of, like, the last time an Army player got drafted in the first round? Uh, no, it has to have been a while ago. It's I don't a while know. ago, I don't know right. And you're being thrown into that conversation. 1947 is the last time. Wow. Isn't that unbelievable? Yeah, it's uh it's pretty special that yeah, you're that getting was, this. That combo. was back when they were winning national championships. Right, right. No Navy, Army, and Notre right, Dame are right. dealing with that every year. <laughs> Andre, give us an idea of what your personal experience was like in December. As best I can tell, there was uncertainty as to whether you'd even be allowed to enter the draft or you'd have to fulfill your 
your obligation on the back end of attending West Point, and then by the end of the month, the president signed a bill that kept it on track for you to be drafted. What kind of emotions and thoughts are you going through as you're in this uncertainty, you're in limbo as to whether or not you're going to be allowed to enter the draft? Um, so I found out right before the Navy game, but, you know, that's such a big um, deal for us in our program, and especially after losing last year, um, you know, we if you go in our facility, it beat Navy's everywhere, and that's what we were really focused on all off season, or the whole season leading up to it. And so, you know, you, it was easy not to get distracted by it just because that's what we've been working for for four years is to beat those guys. So um, I think that helped just, you know, me and my teammates just staying focused on what was really important. Right. Um, I, I'm always, like, interested in the life of a guy that goes to the Army. I mean, I don't even know what that is. I know I don't think I could go to school there. I know that. But, like, no, you, you can't smoke I, there. I, I, I know. It'd be a lot of uh, things that I, I couldn't do there. So, how, give me, give me a day in a life. Like, Army, middle of October. Give me, like, a day, like, what you got to do there at that school. I'm guessing it's different than what I did at the University of Texas. So, around 6 30, we'll get up for formation, which is basically just accountability of everybody, um, have breakfast. And then I would have, me and the football team would have classes until lunch. Um, we would have a class after lunch on, we have two different days. Right. One day we have a class after lunch. And then once we're done with all our classes around um, 2 o'clock, we'll head up to the stadium for treatment, uh, practice, workouts, all that type of stuff, film. And then we'll have dinner at the stadium. And we'll probably get to our room about 8, 9 o'clock. And then that's when we got to get our homework done and then also do, like, our military responsibilities in our company um, and making sure we're holding up our end of the bargain on that side as well. Yeah, so so explain that part to me. That's what, what, is, what are your duties or what you had to do in a company? What, explain that to all of us, what that means a little. So when you come in as a freshman, you're really just there to follow directions um, and just do what you're told, basically. But as you get older, you get more responsibility. So as a sophomore, you're in charge of a freshman. Um, as a junior, you're in charge of about five underclassmen. And then right now, as a senior, I'm a platoon leader. So I have about 30 people that um, me and the PSG, the platoon sergeant, are kind of uh, in charge of. And we got to make sure are in the right position and doing what they need to do to succeed. Right. Wow. That's, that's amazing. I want to circle back to the issue of whether or not you were going to be allowed to enter the draft. If I understand what you were saying, Andre, you were focused on the Navy game when it came up that maybe you wouldn't be allowed to enter the draft, and then it got resolved by the end of December that you would be. Um, I, I want to take it all the way back to when you first signed up. Do they, does that even hit the radar screen? If they want you to come play football, do they even tell you whether or not you're going to be allowed to enter the draft? You just kind of enter with the uncertainty. And for you, like at that age, you didn't get recruited by a lot of colleges. You're not even thinking about playing in the NFL. I'm just trying to understand what they tell you on the way in. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously – I feel like every young kid going to college has dreams of playing the NFL. So, um, you know, they don't tell you that it's not going to be, like it's definitely not going to happen. And in my case, before you affirm after your sophomore year and kind of lock yourself into the five years of active duty and then the three years of reserves. So at that time it was um, guys were going pro like uh, Elijah Riley, Cole Christensen, John Radigan. And so that definitely was um, on everybody's minds or something that was possible. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely something that they use to recruit because I think that's the beauty of the academy, that you can um, get this great education, serve in, the, serve in the military, but also have a shot to go professional if you do have the um, abilities. So how will it work? 
after your NFL career is over, then you do your five-year commitment and three years of reserves at the end? Correct. So the current policy um, for us is that you basically delay your service commitment until you're done um, done playing in the NFL, and then you'll go five years active duty and then three in the reserves. Wow. Wow. That's, that's, that's amazing. Well, I'm glad you get your chance to get in the NFL right now. That's the most important thing. you got to strike while the iron's hot, you know. Uh, all right, NFL-wise, who's your team? Who's your favorite player? Uh, I was a Bears fan growing up. Um, my favorite player was definitely Devin Hester. Um, I quickly realized that I wasn't the same. same <laughs> yeah. You're not going to be him. Yeah, that's where I kind of got the love for the game, watching those early Bears teams. Okay, yeah, those are some good teams. They gave me some fits at quarterback. Urlacher and that group. Yeah. yeah, they were good. All right, well, what about a pass rusher? Who's the guy you watch right now that you go, damn, he's, he's the man. I like watching him. Um, I would say a guy like Leonard Floyd. Um, I feel like we kind of have a similar ah. body type, and I've actually got some, like, looked at his game and learned how to do some moves based on how he's done them in games. So that's somebody that I've kind of learned a good from one. the past couple yeah. of years. Way, much better player than the public realizes. He's, oh, yeah. They pay attention to sacks too much. Give me the quarterback you can't wait to sack. Um, it's got to be Aaron Rodgers just because he's been tormenting the Bears for all these years. <laughs> he owns the Bears. Uh, yeah. So, so that, he owns you. No, 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 no. Hopefully not. Um, but, yeah, that's definitely somebody that, you know, you've been watching them, I don't know how long, since I was maybe eight, nine years old. Yeah. So, definitely that. Your game itself, you know, what's your one area you're, you you want to get better on, you know, between now and OTAs or, you know, training camp? What's the one thing you look at your game and go, I, I can get better in this area? Uh, I definitely want to get stronger and get, um, get some more weight, get bigger in the weight room. What you got right now? Like, give us your measurables. Uh, I, I was 252 at the Senior Bowl. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, being at the academy in the summertime, you're doing a lot of summer training and losing 20, 25 pounds um, every summer. So I'm really excited to see where I can get now that I'm not um, going to be having to lose that weight and just can really focus in the weight room on an NFL team. And I feel like the sky's the limit. Yeah. How much do you think your experience at West Point will help you in the NFL? I think it'll help tremendously, not only in the NFL, but just in life. Um, you know, we have to balance a lot of the academy, academics, football, and then also the military. And so early on, you kind of got to learn how to divvy up your time and um, really put all your effort into whatever you're doing. And so I think that that's something I'll take in not only NFL, but when I'm in the Army as a field artillery officer, and then also later in life. Go Army, beat Navy. What's that week like? Like, is the whole school, like, in a frenzy that week when you're getting ready to fight them? I mean, do you just kind of feel the energy around the campus and everybody can't wait for it? Or is it even more than that? Is it the month leading up to it? It's definitely – it's it's like our Super Bowl, at, um, being at the Service Academy, you know, going up against those guys. It's down in Philly. Um, school's ending up. We just have final exams after that, so everybody's excited to go home. So that all adds into it. But, um, yeah, anytime that – we're going up against those guys and got a chance to win. You know, everybody's all in and all yeah, on board. Yeah, cool. Well, Andre, we wish you all the best, and thank you in advance for your service that you will eventually will be providing on behalf of the nation. But before that, go kick some ass on the football field. Thank you, sir. There he is, Andre thank Carter. You. Good second. Luck, thank you. Appreciate it. Kick some butt. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. There it is, 1995. And boom. Boom. First touchdown pass, Panthers franchise history.
Woo. with the giant shoulder pads, too. Yo, what are you, playing middle linebacker or quarterback? Who, you think you're going to hit right? somebody out there? Big shoulder pads, big thigh pads, big knee pads. <laughs> right, that's how it was back in those days. That's Didn't right. you guys win that game on a two-point conversion? <laughs> no, we actually lost in overtime uh, on a on a sack fumble, and then they got it and went down for a field goal. So. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, thanks for something like that. Thanks for bringing that up. But I thought it was good a good memory. <laughs> That's what Jim Harbaugh said to me once. I thought that was a good memory. Jim Harbaugh was mad I brought up the Colts-Steelers AFC Championship once upon a time. But uh, wasn't your first win on a two-point conversion? Wasn't that it in 95? There was something about a two-point conversion and the first win for the Panthers. The two point con- We did have a two-point conversion at the end of the game to try to win the game, and there was a penalty, and it was going to be good, and it had a penalty. And- so we ended up kicking the extra point, went into overtime, and lost. That was this game then. There that was, was that the two-point conversion. So okay, so I was, I was in the right church. Okay. Right, right, way to go. Exactly. Way to go, right, Mike. Well, uh, congratulations <laughs> on uh, the job now as the head Thank coach you. of the team, for which you were the first quarterback in franchise history. How's it feel to kind of go full circle and come back and be the coach after you were the quarterback? Yeah, I mean, it feel it feels unique. And then to have Dom Capers on the staff, who was the first, he- you know, who was <laughs> the first crazy head coach. That's crazy too, right? Um, so no, I'm excited about it. You know, I feel like, you know, after the experience, you know, the, the four and a half years at Indy with, with all you learned there, kind of version 2.0, just feel more clear, more convicted about what to do, how to do it. I'm excited about the people we're doing it with. Right. Know, Mr. and Mrs. Tepper great working with Scott Fitter excited about what's coming all right i mean you, you know we're, we're on record we don't think you got a fair shake in, in indianapolis and you know that's just the way that we're at the nfl works but what 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 was appealing about this carolina football team when you kind of evaluated it and it was like oh i'd like to be the head coach of these guys well you know first of all in the interview process when right. i walked into when i walked into mr tepper's house for the interview sat down there with with him and his wife nicole scott fitter dan morgan samir it, it didn't feel like an interview. It felt like a conversation. Uh, it felt like, like we were working. It just felt like this is what it's going to feel like. Right. We, you know. And then obviously it was a long process. Still decisions made. There was a second interview. Felt very natural, very at ease. Mr. Tepper was very engaging. Um, it, it, was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. The big question obviously relates to quarterback. And I saw that you said not long ago that you have to consider all options. Is it your preference to have a younger guy or – an older guy and our recent experiences maybe <laughs> causing you to say it's time for a younger guy. But, I mean, I think we all know it's fair to say that every coach would say, hey, the ideal situation is draft a guy that is your quarterback for the sure. next 15 years. Sure. But, you know, we're picking nine. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, we have to have we have to consider every other option. Options, I mean, right. I'd love to say if we're, you know, I mean, it, it, so we have to consider it could everything. be gone by the time you're at it nine. It could be gone. Yeah. I mean, and, and there's not always a path that you want, but. And I do, and we do like the option of Derek Carr, who we talked to last night. I mean, we, sure. you know, we, I'm excited about that option, but we are looking at everything. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, Derek Carr. I mean, do you think you'll get a? Is there a time frame on when you think you get an answer from him here in this conversation, or you guys make up your mind on that? Yeah, I mean, that's the big thing, you right? Know? And, and hey, the only way to do it is be transparent, which we were. We both kind of shared our positions. He's trying to see if it's the right fit for him, and right. we're trying to see if it's the right fit for us. The timing is a factor, right? It could it could play a factor in the decision, so it's it's complicated, um, but that's what we do. Yeah. Do you yeah. get the impression he's anxious to get something done, or he understands other pieces maybe need to come into place for other teams, whether it's Panthers, whether it's Jets, whether it's this team, whether it's that team, that it may take some time before he knows what he's going to do? I mean, my sense is right. I mean, he's like anybody else who would be in this position. He's a competitor. 
He wants to, in the perfect world, which we know it's not, he'd love to get in and get going somewhere. That's what I would guess. Um, but he's also very mature and understands it doesn't always play out like that. So right. I, I think he's going to be prudent. I would guess he'd be prudent in making the best decision for himself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, specific to the roster, you know, they got some exciting pieces. I don't know how much you've been able – I mean, I'm sure you at this point you've evaluated everybody and all that. Yeah. But, you know, was, was there anything that surprised you along the way as you started to look at them and go, oh, whoa, I didn't realize – you know, because I don't think you played them the last two years, right, in Indianapolis? Uh, no, no, we did not. So was there anything that surprised you as you kind of evaluating the roster that popped out to you? Like, oh, wow, I didn't realize this. Well, I had a great visit the other day, uh, you know, Brian Burns stopped in the building, you know, and I've been texting back and forth with him. So I go down to see him, and then we're sitting down there talking, and Derek Brown walks in. So the next thing you know, I'm sitting down with those two yeah. talking, talking for an hour and a half. I mean, those are two stud studs. pieces. Stud pieces. Yes, they are. Studs, stud pieces. Big time player, pass Big time pass yeah. yeah. So, um, and that whole defensive unit is, is we feel really good about. And then the offensive line. Yeah. I mean, look at what the offensive line mm. did the second half of the season. Right. So a lot of things to build on. Yeah. When you're dealing with the current players who were on record saying they wanted the interim coach, Steve Wilkes, to get the job, do you do you feel like you have to try to address that, um, you know, win them over, explain it to them? How, what's your approach with the guys who have come out and said that? Yeah, man, I respect that about, you know, I respect that about the players. I would hope the players would say that. Right. Um, it, it goes to show the quality of men that they are, and it goes to show the quality of man that Steve Wilkes is and, yeah. and the kind of coach he sure. is. So. Um, but I think at the end of the day, all of us, because we've all been on all sides of this equation, understand there's a business side to, a, to it. And so, no, don't really address it. You just go in there. You, you try to just do it the right way. Right. Try to do it the right way. Is there a, you know, a silver lining or a lesson you know, that you learned over the last four or five years in Indy and that head coaching job that now you'll take to this and go, oh, man, this is going to help me out? Yeah, I mean, a, a bunch, right? Not, not time for all of them, but, right. you know, obviously you want to get stability at quarterback. Yeah. That's, that's a big deal, yeah. right? This, this, it's a whole team effort, but you got to get stability at quarterback. And then um, secondly, like I'm, like, really fired up about the staff that we've put together. We right. have a great staff in Indy, but, you know, I feel like I've learned from that experience. And I feel like the guys that we have in place right now, you know, starting with our coordinators, Thomas Brown, Jero Evero, and Chris Tabor, yeah. um, that we built a really great staff. And then you got Jim Caldwell and Dom Capers. So uh, a, a very experienced, but yet y young, bright minds as well. But I, I, I've never asked this before, but I'm sorry, I didn't mean to butt in. But Go ahead. I figured now's the time. I don't think you would, you know, the curveball you were throwing in Indianapolis and the Andrew Luck situation, like, did. How early before we all found out did you know that that was an inkling that that could happen? Really only a couple weeks. A couple you know, weeks, a couple okay. Weeks, so it was yeah. on there. Okay, yeah. right. But, you know, I mean, I, I, Andrew made the right decision for him at That's that time. Right. And, you know, and we made adjustments. And, you know, and obviously in some ways I think we did well. In some ways I think we sh could have and should have done better. So You never made excuses for it, though. I mean, you get dealt a hand. You never know no, when you're you going to get dealt your, that hand, and you just got to go. You play the hand. And uh, and in, like I said, in some ways I felt at times like we played it in a winning way, and then at other times like, oh, that wasn't good enough. I gotta, we got to figure that out and get better. Yeah. Had the Bills on the ropes in the wild card game with uh, Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers. If yeah. Allen doesn't make two or three of the most damnedest plays I ever saw, you're going to pull oh, off my the upset. Goodness. Like, I the can, one in the end zone. I can the... still remember him. He's scrambled to the right on the sideline, <laughs> a 30-yard throw. We're going to win the game if he I doesn't mean, make that play. That, that was – they were insane. Yeah. He's, he's insane. He's insane, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, why don't we piggyback off that for a minute? You're an ex-quarterback. You played. Like, 
you know, what do you think of some of these crazy damn quarterbacks we got right now? Like, the game has changed so much, even from when I played, let alone yeah. you played, and now we're throwing this way and going crazy. Like, what's yeah. your assessment of Mahomes and Allen and this crew that we got? Yeah, I mean, I think it makes the league special. I think these guys are special players, but not just special athletes. They're special leaders. You yeah. know, anybody knows those two guys that you mentioned. You knows that they're also elite leaders. And at the end of the day, um, if you're just a physical talent, that's only going to get you so far. What right. makes these guys special is both the combination of that and the elite leadership as well. Yeah, right. You mentioned your coaching staff. You rattled off some of the names. I was impressed extremely by the fact that you got Jim Caldwell to come coach because he had made it clear unless he's a head coach he didn't want to do it. What what did you say to get him to to come and be an assistant on your staff instead of waiting to be a head coach again? Yeah, what I wasn't sure he would do it, but um, you know, obviously he was one of he was my head coach. So uh, I also happen to know he lives about an hour away from Charlotte and and has had a home there and, and he and I have stayed close so just called him and said, hey, coach, I, I realize that you may say no, but listen, man, I could sure use your help. Right. I could sure use your help. Uh, you're, he's a great offensive mind, a great leader, um, and a great teammate. Right. So I was extremely pleased when he said yes. Yeah, yeah. All right, I mean, Derek Carr, drafting quarterbacks. You haven't heard from Aaron Rodgers or anything since he, he got out of the darkness, huh? Oh, he's a free agent. No, he's not a free agent. I mean, not a free agent. No, he's not a free agent. I can't believe don't, it. No. I do that once a year at the Combine. Once a year, and that was my Sometimes one. Sometimes more damn than it. once. Maybe yeah. more than once. Damn it, damn it, damn it. <laughs> it's a great conversation, though. All right. Uh, All right. Uh, my fault. So there. are there any quarterbacks out there that you can't talk about that you're interested in? No, I'm kidding. Um, the the uh, Jiro uh, Evero. That, that was another stunner for everyone because when he got his release from the Broncos, yeah. thought he was heading to Minnesota. How, how much of this is there is no salary cap for coaches and you have an owner who has, relative to most other teams, unlimited funds? Yeah, that was a big deal. And he told me that right up front. When we sat down and started talking about the coaching staff, he said, you, you bring me A coaches and we'll do what it takes to get them here as a Carolina Panther, and he backed those words up. Yeah, I mean, it's got to feel very, I mean, great to have an owner like that that's yeah. just got a big no. checkbook, and he's he's got willing to support you and whatever your vision is. It's been dynamic. I'm right. not going to lie. It's been three weeks uh, approximately, um, you know, many conversations already, very engaged, uh, but in the right way, um, you know, right, listen, to, to not learn from his experience of, of what he's done to, to get where he's gotten in his life you can feel the wisdom um i enjoy the the conversations going back and forth and the support more than anything yeah well it's great to see you back so quickly and in the nfc and in the nfc south where things are very wide open so here's to a, a great start hit the ground running and we wish you all the best in your first year with the panthers thanks mike thanks chris the man, frank. all right there he is frank reich and when we return we'll have vikings coach kevin o'connell here on pft live at the scouting combine You know, like any other player, you factor in every variable. Um, you know, I think, you know, one thing that, uh, you know, when you're when you're talking about those types of decisions, um, I think it's important to recognize that um, we have a congruence of in interest by the Dolphins and the player, um, Tua, that that we both want, um, both parties really want him to. Um, 
play at a very high level for a long time for the Miami Dolphins. We probably best serve to utilize the time. That's kind of um, uh, the, the way we're approaching it, but um, uh, th that doesn't mean that we're s spending any um, long period of time not discussing it. This is um, something that uh, uh, Chris and I have been working through and will continue to work through. I spoke with Daniel yesterday at the podium after he visited with us here. Yeah. Talking about Tua Tagovailoa and the options, and I laid out the three options for Mike McDaniel yesterday. Yeah. One, long-term contract for Tua Tagovailoa. Two, pick up the fifth-year option. Three, do the Daniel Jones route. Don't pick up the option. Finish the contract this year, and then right. he added fourth option. He'll go on Dancing with the Stars, <laughs> which was funny, but but it nice. was evasive too. Yes. And look, the bottom line is they haven't decided yet, and I think a lot of it depends upon what Tua wants. And at some level, they have to be confident that he's going to be able to keep himself healthy. Now, Chris Greer, the GM of the team, said today that they're not going to shy away from signing him because of health concerns. But still, the magnitude of what you're willing to do by way of compensation has to be tied to how confident you are that he's going to play. Or part of the money has to be tied to how many games you play. Right. Major per-game roster bonuses, major playing time incentives. Pay him based upon how much he plays create a financial incentive for him to keep himself healthy sure. so he's less reckless with his body, either gets rid of the ball or hits the ground in a way that doesn't result in his head striking the turf. Yeah. Those are all very important considerations in whatever contract they structure. A hundred percent. And, and you know, and, and I don't think we're even there yet to be going contract of anything like that yet. I don't. I mean, again, we're, 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 we had a really good year this year, did a really good things, had an all-star cast around him on the offensive side of the ball, but we're just a year removed of a guy that wasn't doing good things, you know, was careless with the football, even injured in those years, admitted that he didn't work hard enough and prepare the way he should, right? So now we're just going to go, hey, fifth-year option, definitely, and we're going to give him a huge contract. What? No way. There's no way. I wouldn't do that if I was running the football team. And it's always like we talk about, too, you know, there's something, too, the grass is pretty green where you are. They want to go in on you anyways. They kind of believe in you and your talents here. You know, is there somebody else out there that does that, let alone has Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle right. and some of these things that really fit your type of play? That's the thing. When you see what Mike McDaniel did with Tua Tagovailoa, there are other quarterbacks that he could do special things with. He knows how to coach guys up and get the most out of their abilities. So when McDaniel says we're best served to utilize the time we have until the deadline, and it's early May, May 3, I yeah. think, other options may materialize between now and then. There could be free agents who are available that they may be interested in. Maybe a guy who is cheaper than they thought he was going to be. Maybe a guy who's available in trade in Aaron Rodgers. Maybe the Ravens apply the non-exclusive franchise tag to Lamar Jackson. And then the day after yeah. the draft, that's when the Dolphins could sign him to an offer sheet and give up two first-round picks because even though they don't have a 2023 first-round pick, it's your next two. So after the 23 draft, you can sign him and you give up 24 and 25. And those are all factors as well. So, look, there's you did a reason. great job, but I would he I would hesitate. I yeah, think we're there's, both there's reason to wait. Yes. There's reason to be concerned about his health. They That's have the not power. an indictment of the player. Right. It's an indictment of the circumstance. Yeah. And when you have your head hit the ground three times and you have at least two concussions, maybe a third, there's reason to be cautious about making a major financial investment. All the Dolphins fans out there should want them to do it this way. They should want them to explore their options. They sure. should want them to be cautious. They don't. 
you know, you don't want to go to a playoff game with your third-string quarterback again. Yeah. You don't want to do that. No, no, you, you definitely don't. And, and you know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong here. Well, we talked about Aaron Rodgers. He has all the power in that situation. This is a situation where I look at and go, no, the team has the power in this situation. And they don't have to just crumble and, you know, go to the two-anon or the fan base's demands or any of that. You know, again, it was an, a really damn good year, and he did some special things. But, man, there's a special cast he has around him. I'd want to evaluate it a little bit more to go, wait, hey, let's see this year when teams study the Dolphins, get a better feel for how they attacked, and then some of those things that were so easy or not so easy, how does he adjust and play to that, let alone to, like, what you're talking about, Mike. The health thing is a real thing. You've got to make sure he can do that if you're going to really throw out big money to him for the future. Well, and let's flip it around. Let's say that – he were an unrestricted free agent March 15 of this year. Yeah, that's, that's a good play. I like. What in the world would the offer even begin to be? What right. would a team do? And I think it would be almost like a Drew Brees offer from 17 years ago when the Saints paid him a certain amount for the first year, and then there was a balloon payment after one year that was contingent on whether or not the shoulder was healthy. With Tua, okay, fine, you make a lot of money your first year, a fair amount, and then the big payment comes after one year, and we need to see that you can be healthy. We need to see that you can get it done. So I don't think there'd be a massive crush for a team to go out and sign Tua Agreed. if he were free right now, and that should tell you everything you need to know about what the Dolphins are going to do. Patience makes sense. Yes. And if I had to pick one of the three choices right now, right. I'd say – do what the Giants did with Daniel Jones, and let's see what happens. Exactly in right. I think there's a lot of similarities there. Exactly right. You know, you got a team and a group of people around you that do believe in you. So you're as a quarterback, you're not just going to throw that aside just to go. Well, I can get four million dollars more from this team, right? Okay, yeah, you might get four million dollars more from that team, but you're not going to have the success. Everybody's going to question you. What the hell you're doing? Why aren't you playing good? All of that. You know, he's in a very good spot right now. He definitely is. And, and when he's healthy, he's really good. He did some really That's good things this year. He but did. the cliche, and one of the reasons it's cliche is because it's true. The right. best ability is availability. Right. you got to be able to play. We take it for granted that quarterbacks, most of them, the great ones, they're there every week. They find a way to keep playing. Patrick yeah. Mahomes. I mean, with a concussion, you just can't. Yeah. So you have to avoid it. you got to avoid it. you got to get rid of the ball. you got to hit the ground the right way. You got to study the way guys like Russell Wilson and Drew Brees, smaller guys, where the yeah. physics aren't on your side. Sure. They absorb the hit and they hit the ground in a way that doesn't result in their head striking the turf. Period. De- definitely, definitely. It's it's um, you know, it's 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 uh, it, it, I would slow play it. Here and here's the other thing I would say to this: slow play it, evaluate more, continue to get more answers with the concussion and all that. Sign a durable backup. Yes. You know, you can't you can't have a guy that's got durability issues. Backed up by a guy that's got durability issues. I'm sorry. Is you know, I like got a lot of respect for Teddy Bridgewater and, and things he's done here, but you and I both know he's been hurt a lot. Gets hurt a lot. And you can't have that guy backing up a guy like Tua who also gets hurt a lot. Yeah, you're right. And that's how you get down to your third string quarterback exactly. for a playoff game. Right. So I think it's a given Teddy Bridgewater won't be back. You do need an ultra durable backup and and an alternative. Somebody who can come in and win games, and it's an attractive spot. If you're a guy that is kind of floating around at that backup level, you know, like a Mitch Trubisky, the Steelers may trade him. I think the Dolphins should be interested in something like that. Just a guy that you can count on yeah, to come in, I hear you, get the job done right. in the event that Tua gets injured. And it's attractive to the backup because you make the bet that, that Tua possibly will get yeah. injured, and yeah. so you'll be ready to go. We're going to take a break because before our time in Indy ends, we'll be oh, having a conversation it is. with the head coach oh. of the Minnesota Vikings, Kevin O'Connell, who will be here next week. We're going to ask FBI. him about the Giants.
You're going to be blowing that, 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 that horn all year long, baby. Fourth and 18 for the Vikings from their own 27. Uh-huh. He caught it! Are you kidding me with that catch, J.J.? Uh-huh. Yes! It is intercepted by Patrick Peterson! Woo! And the Minnesota Vikings are eight and one game! Uh-huh. Oh, that was fun. That was the day after that Bills game. What a what a day that was. What a season it was. How, how in the world do you ever come down from some of those games you guys had and refocus on the fact that you got another train rolling down the tracks? Yeah, throughout the season, especially in the first year as a head coach, you're you know you're used to having a little bit of time post game decompress, hey, evaluate the tape and talk to your position group or per side of the ball maybe, but. When you're the head coach, you know, you're moving forward no matter what with, uh, you know, you got some media obligations, which we love doing on Monday and Tuesday. But uh, I'll say this much, uh, Mike, it was, uh, you know, those victories were, you know, they were great in the moment, but all it did was solidify a lot of the things that I had hoped about our team in year one, um, building things alongside with Kwesi. I know people, you know, sometimes poke fun at the culture stuff or it's easy, you know, low-hanging fruit to, you don't want to talk about that right. stuff, uh, but if you don't think it matters, it's real. you know, just go watch the way some of those games ended and didn't end the way we wanted, and, and we'll kind of try to uh, reload and build from here. But ultimately, um, there's a lot that I'm really proud of. From you should one. be. By, by the way, it's Vikings coach Kevin O'Connell. Oh, I got yeah. so excited. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Did you know he was such a fanboy of your team? Did you know this? I did not till I, oh, till I arrived. There? I remember last year, you know, maybe a side conversation after we talked yeah. uh, got offset last year, but... We're very happy to have him supporting oh, us. No, I don't know. You may not feel that way. We'll see how the next few years go. You may change it. Just talk to Zimmer. Um, <laughs> boy, boy, you talked about that a little bit. I, I want to hit off on that. You know, because we talked about it during the year. Early on, we noticed a, a different energy in the football team, the organization. And yeah. we gave, we, you, you're the man. You're the leader there. But what do you, what'd you do to kind of change that feel in the, in the football team around? Yeah, it started day one. I, you know, when our off-season program started, these guys, maybe they're thinking, hey, coming from Los Angeles, it's going to be talking about the offense or how we're going to play defense or special teams. The, the entire first day uh, was about culture. It was about what my expectations were going to be, uh, the leadership of some veteran players I was really going to rely on, and then ultimately just authentically presenting what I thought was really important. Um, had come from a great place. Uh, that I felt strongly about how we did things. The, the feeling of our building mattered every single day to overcome adversity, yeah. to handle success. Right. Um, so I wanted to do it from day one and, and consistently attack it every single day. I told our team uh, the morning after we lost to the Giants, I said, I feel phenomenal about what we've been able to do um, from a culture standpoint. And, and, you know, you look up in the and, and see your team looking back at you and you're seeing he- guys nodding their heads back and confirming everything that we had earned. I mean, it's only you go out and earn it um, as far as what you are as a football team, as far as what you believe your culture yeah. is. That gets tested in our league. And right. ultimately, um, the, the next phase of that is that championship standard that if you can match those two things and attack it every day, um, good things are going to happen. Yeah. We're literally two minutes away from the falling of the curtain on our show for today. But before we run out of time, I- I'd like you to explain coach what you think can be done needs to be done will be done to get Kirk Cousins postseason prime time to play like we see here we no, go seriously but that's a real thing I I'm know. not making it up <laughs> how do we get Kirk Cousins to play at his very best when season's on the line or it's a big game in a big spot yeah I think 
Um, I can remember answering a pretty darn similar question from you a year ago. <laughs> yeah. very, get him! Get him! Get him! Question or the answer. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I will tell you this much. You know, looking back on it, what I had hoped going into the 2022 season uh, for Kirk as our quarterback, um, he did so many great things. I thought he played at a really high level. Um, there was a lot of things I could have done a lot better uh, to help him. Mike, make no mistake, I learned a ton in year one, and one of those things is a continued evolution of not only myself as a as a play caller, but uh, you know myself leading our offense and leading our team, and putting him in the best possible situations to make throws to Justin at Buffalo. You know, under a really tough environment, tough circumstances, and he makes that play. Coming off of a Dallas loss, we we show up four days later to U.S. Bank and. And, uh, you know, beat a really good Patriots team at home on a short week, really well-coached team where Kirk plays lights out. And then ultimately, as we kind of moved forward into into January, I thought he played well against the Giants. And there's a lot of things from that game I'd like to have back. I know he's mentioned a bunch of things he's more comfortable with, how excited he is about moving forward. Um, But, Mike, I I believe we keep putting him in, in, in the best possible situations with the people we have around him. Um, and we continue to build this thing that I feel very strong. You can win some Kirk. games with Kirk Cousins. That's right, brother. We're literally out of time. Now. I know. And, and here's the reality: offense stays where it is. Defense gets just a little bit better. Who knows? Really excited about Brian go. Flores. Yeah. Really right, excited. Yeah, about awesome. Kevin O'Connell. And we are done. Damn! I wanted more time. Tomorrow morning with this one. at 7 a.m. from our usual locations. Have a great day. See ya.